0: Father, we thank you once again for the Word of God. Lord, I ask again that you would allow the Word of the Lord to have and to gain entrance into our spirit tonight. Again, Father, help me to faithfully amplify and open this Word up to the best of my ability, but I lean hard into your ability because you're the teacher, Holy Spirit. So I'm asking you to please, please help each of us, help myself, Father, to hear the truths of this, of this incredible grace that's come to us as we finish this course tonight, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord, open the ears of our understanding. Amen. Open up our ears. Open up our eyes. Help us to see. Help us to see. Grant us your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Help us to see the unsearchable riches of Christ and Help us dare to believe what you've done, Jesus. No matter how many don't believe, Father, help us to believe. We ask in Jesus' name that you would grant us a boldness to take hold of the Word of God. As we said before, like a hungry tiger would a piece of red meat, Father, that we'd hold on to the truth and not let anybody take it out of our mouths or out of our hearts. In Jesus' name, we trust you for these things, Father. Amen. Amen. All right, this is hour number seven then on which side of Calvary, the teaching on the grace of God. And we're on lesson six. We're going to go through the last three lessons tonight on page 16. And I want you to turn to Romans 6. And we're going to walk through Romans 6 pretty slowly here from the Amplified Bible again. On your outline, you'll see it's up there from the King James. What I will do is I'll read it from the King James first, okay? Okay. And I'll actually just read these first, well, when, yeah, from verses six through 15, I'm gonna read from the King James and I'm gonna go back and start in verse one from the Amplified. But point A at the top of the outline says, we are no longer tied to our sins. I want you to do that. We're no longer tied to our sins. In other words, we can walk away from them where before we weren't able to walk away from them. Now, that's, this is going to be important. I'm going to read you a couple of illustrations about slavery in America and what have you so that you can see this. Romans 6, verses 6 through 15 in the King James 1 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, speaking of Jesus, of course, that the body of sin, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we Likewise, verse 11 says, Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid, he says. Now I'm going to start, like I said, right at the beginning of Romans 6, uh, in the Amplified Bible, right from verse 1. And again, uh, I really am going to ask you to listen tonight, okay? I mean, I hope you listen every night, but <laughs> I want, I've got to walk through these verses slowly. And may I ask this of you tonight again? This sounds s- silly for me to even say it, but you need to make the decision yourself personally to believe what the Bible says, okay? Can I be that simple? And uh, hopefully the reason you're here is because you do believe what the Bible says. But as we walk through Romans 6 here, you really need to listen and you need to understand again that Hebrews says without faith, without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible to please God. So you have to approach this truth with faith. In other words, that whether you feel like it, whether immediately you can, it, it makes sense with your head, that's not the issue. The issue is, We must be like little children and dare to believe what Christ has done. Now, again, with that in mind, like I said, you remember in Romans 5 when we studied that weeks ago, Romans 5, his word said, remember that the gift of God in Christ Jesus, the grace of God, remember, is out of all proportion. You all remember that, hopefully. The grace of God is out of all proportion to the fall of man. Remember how vital that is. You've got to catch that. You've got to meditate and meditate and meditate and meditate on the fact that whatever you want to use to illustrate how huge it is, but the grace, what God has done in Jesus, is out of all proportion to the fall of man, to what Satan did in the garden with Adam and Eve. Nor, it says, is the gift of God, this righteousness, this grace, at all to be compared to the effect of Adam's sin. In other words, the power of that one man sin, and all the death that's come through centuries to all mankind is not to be compared to the power of what's been released through the one man Jesus, when He walked upright before God and lived the sinless life. Again, we say it so easily, it falls out of our mouth, but you have to keep meditating on that until something snaps inside your mind and inside your spirit, when you realize again what God has done as far as his goodness in Christ, is a billion times more powerful than what Satan has done through the power of sin. Sin is not as big or powerful as what God has done through grace. Okay, Sin is not really the issue right now. It's whether or not you'll receive the revelation of God's goodness in this thing called grace. Verse 19 of chapter 5 of Romans says, For just as by one man's disobedience, his failing to hear. And again, this is speaking of Adam. For just as by one man's disobedience, his failing to hear, his heedlessness and carelessness, the many were constituted sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many will be constituted righteous. They will be made, made acceptable to God and brought into right standing with him. Verse 20, but then the law came in only to expand and increase the trespass. But where sin increased and abounded, God's grace, God's unmerited favor, has surpassed it and increased the more and superabounded. Hallelujah. So where sin abounded, there hath the grace of God superabounded. So, verse 21, so that just as sin reigned, In death, in other words, through the whole principle of death, sin reigned as a king. So grace, his unearned, remember, totally unearned, undeserved. The issue is not that any of you are ever going to be good enough to deserve it. So that just as sin has reigned in death, so grace, his unearned and undeserved favor, might reign also through righteousness. This righteousness, remember, that's been imputed to you. Which issues, it says, in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, verse 1 of chapter 6. What shall we say to all this? Referring to everything in the previous five chapters. Are we to remain in sin in order that God's grace and favor and mercy may multiply and overflow? Well, certainly not. How can we who died to sin live in it any longer?